After a few months of respite, the state's bipartisan redistricting commission, which theoretically could have wrapped up all its work from the 2020 census more than a year ago, is going to begin the process of crafting new congressional lines while they await a ruling from the state's top court on whether they'll actually be directed to redraw congressional boundaries created by a special master in 2022. To get an update on this process, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Ken Jenkins, a Democratic appointee to the redistricting commission who serves as its chair. Welcome back to the show, Ken. Great to be back with you, David. So you kicked off October with a statement from yourself, as well as the other Democratic Redistricting Commission appointees, announcing your intention to start soliciting public input uh, on congressional lines while you await a ruling from the State Court of Appeals on whether or not you'll actually be directed uh, to draw new boundaries. Why did you choose to be proactive about that work? Well, you know, we we chose that from the Democratic commissioners. We chose to be proactive after receiving direction from the the court in September, which said that there was still indeed a stay in in place, as was suggested um, by our colleagues on the Republican side because of their filing, um, that there would be an automatic stay in place. Um, However, the court did clarify that did not prevent Um, any actions from the IRC as a commission or any members of the IRC. And our Democratic commissioners feel extremely strongly that to get as much public input as possible would be fantastic. And we think that was the way to go. And that's why we issued our statement. Is there any sort of mandate that you actually solicit additional public input or has the constitutional requirement as it pertains to public hearings and what the public can actually input has already been satisfied by the 2022 process? The commission has already, as we state in our statement, discharged its constitutional requirements under Article 3, Section 4C, Section 6, to hold public hearings across the state of New York. But the reality, um, David, is that that input from the public, um, it was after several different rounds of things happening, including um, the special master from Steuben County bringing in lines that people eventually adopted and voted on. All right. So those that particular process requires, as far as all of us good folks think, that there should be some public input now on any set of the lines or any input that people have about congressional lines. Well, as I mentioned at the top, the statement about soliciting public input comes solely from the Democratic commissioners. Where do your Republican counterparts stand on this next phase that you're looking to begin? Well, their position is clear in their legal filings, as it was ours um, from the Democratic commissioners, that uh, from their perspective, in their legal filing, um, that it said that we are done from a constitutional perspective. That's what's being decided in the courts. And we want to make sure that we give everyone as much opportunity as possible to be able to provide input. We want to have as much input from the public as possible. And that's why we directed them not only to where we left off in 2022 um, with the, the two sets of maps that were provided for congressional lines, Um, to the state legislature, which were rejected. And then the special master's lines that were created by order of the Steuben County judge, we pointed to those that are on the the LAT4 um, website. So people have any opportunity um, to provide input as much as possible. Um, When we certainly have a decision from the court of uh, appeals um, in November 15th was when the oral arguments are gonna take place. After that, we'll see where things would go. Um, I would suspect that we'll have a continued conversation between all of the commissioners to suggest 
at least some sort of public input process, some public hearings or input processes is probably what they'll be labeled because they're no longer required by the constitution. So again, we wanna make sure that the public has every opportunity to participate. All the commissioners will see this information, all the staff will see this information um, that anyone submits. And we there's no question that all of our colleagues feel strongly about making sure public input happens, just a question on whether or not we're required to do so now by order of a court. Well, you mentioned the legal filing from your Republican counterparts, but have you had any informal conversations with the Republicans on the commission, like, for example, uh, the vice chair, Charlie Nesbitt? For our conversations and, and whether we have informal conversations or not between myself and, and Vice Chair um, Nesbitt, the reality is that we have legal positions and, and we are absolutely respectful of our colleagues' legal position, just as they are with ours. Right. But, but have you had discussions with Charlie about this at all? Um, they, they have been very clear about where they are from a legal position um, through their, their attorney, um, and they have communicated that to the court, and we respect that. So um, we, we are hopeful that people will take this opportunity to submit their own comments, and, and we're not you know, going to be doing anything back and forth with our Republican colleagues. Um, as you saw, as we went through the Nichols case in the last version where we were directed to basically start over, um, that we had worked through this particular process in the collegial way, and quite frankly, the way that I believe that um, in 2014, that the, the state of New York residents voted for in provisions in creating an independent redistricting commission that has exactly the same number of mem- members. So we need to make sure that there's compromise. We did that on the assembly lines based on the court order for Nichols. And um, should we be directed to do so moving forward, we'll do the same thing. Well, the reason I ask about the informal conversations or any conversations outside of the legal filings that you might be having with the Republicans on the commission has to do with kind of what you just talked about there, which is the fact that in the assembly process of drawing lines there a second time around, there was cooperation and there was uh, an ability to get a majority in support of lines, whereas in 2022, the commission, with a different makeup, was unable to reach any sort of consensus. And our reporting shows that by the end of that process, there was a real intransigence amongst the two sides and there wasn't a lot of back and forth or give and take. So I guess I'm curious about the engagement that you might have informally because that could speak to the ability of the two sides to still hammer out a deal on this in the future. Whereas if you are not engaging at all at this point, it doesn't necessarily bode well for the future. So I'll just try one last time. Have you had any informal conversations with Charlie Nesbitt about you know the recent announcement to solicit uh, public input? After the announcement, we had not had any conversation. Obviously, before that, we, we have gotcha. had informal conversations. But again, we are fully respectful of everyone's rights and, and responsibilities um, in doing this independent review process. Every commissioner, um, certainly Democrats and the Republicans, had that we will clearly be able to move forward with whatever decision the courts raise and reach. If the courts you know, sustain the uh, overturning of, of the third department, as the third department has moved forward and said, go back to work forthwith, we mm-hmm. will do so. Um, and we will absolutely um, continue the collegial relationship that we've had to be able to come up with a plan um, to do something to follow up with our second submission of the map. Um, the requirements 
are that we're done from a public input process. Right. But I think that everyone would feel strongly for transparency purposes. And if we put things in context of um, our world right now in the political world, that we'll continue to have the collegial relationship and be able to come up with and craft a plan to be able to submit to the legislature. And everyone should recall that at the end of the day, the IRC is not um, the final word. Um, we submit something to the state legislature for their consideration where they could adopt or they could reject it and then move on and create their own lines. Well, given the timeline that we're looking at for the remainder of 2023, is there an argument to be made that in addition to beginning the solicitation of public input right now, you should also be planning to potentially have some draft lines ready, say, in early November? Or do you think that the work of drawing lines shouldn't come until after you get a direction from the State Court of Appeals one way or another? I think that where we are right now, everyone's position is that we would not, uh, the Democrats feel strongly, obviously, in our legal submissions that uh, we're ready, willing, and able to work. And we have already shown the ability to do that in a different case, in the Nichols case. And our Republican colleagues' position legally is that we're done and they're going to wait for a decision of um, the appellate court, the Court of Appeals, um, that may come as late as the the end of the year. So we are ready, willing, and able to work. We're fully constituted. I believe that um, there has doesn't have to be any particular changes, but um, that will be up to the state legislature. I have full confidence in, in our colleagues. We had a nine to one vote on the, um, the lines for assembly districts. There were comments, went to 12 public hearings, um, thousands of comments that came in online, um, in person, virtually, et cetera. So this is giving people a chance now to make comments on whatever things that they uh, would like to as far as congressional lines are concerned, whether it's, again, the 2022 um, versions of the IRC maps that were submitted to the legislature that were rejected, or the 2022 lines that um, were run on by the me by the special master. So again, I feel really comfortable and confident that we'll be able to get through this process and there should be no one um, that thinks otherwise. But getting back to the timeline question about when you might want to start drawing new lines, if you get, don't get a ruling from the Court of Appeals until, say, December, that puts you under a real tight set of time restrictions in terms of proposing lines, approving lines, getting them to the legislature, having the legislature potentially reject them, uh, having you draft new lines, having the legislature potentially reject them again, and giving the legislature time to then draw new boundaries in a way that they can finish that before petitioning for 2024 needs to begin. So from that perspective, isn't there a case to be made that not only should you begin the public solicitation prior to any ruling from the Court of Appeals, you should start making draft proposals of new lines based on your line of thought that you know you have this direction and you want to be prepared. So, so shouldn't you be thinking about that as well prior to a court of appeals ruling? Well, um, y- yes and and no. That that was the position that um, that the Democratic commissioners, through our attorney, um, argued in our um, submission um, to court, 
and in our, our briefings. And we're going to continue to say that we have an outstanding um, team of people for the Independent Redistricting Commission as far as the staff is concerned and the people um, that are the commissioners, as you saw through the last process, have the level of dedication to ensure that we would be able to complete our work to submit to the legislature in a timely manner. And again, because um, there is not a requirement for us to have um, additional public hearings um, at all, there is no way that uh, that our our folks on the Democratic commissioner side and quite frankly, I believe on the Republican side would not want to have some level of public input. So that's going to be the first set of questions that we'll face at a particular time. Should we be so ordered to do so? Um, we'll, we'll work through that just like we work through everything else. And then as to your point, um, should there be line drawing? When people take a look at where the IRC left off, um, there was not a lot of differences between the 26 districts. Um, there were differences, obviously, between the, the Democratic um, submission and the Republican submission. But again, we feel strongly that if we had more time then, and that's you know, what, what I understand, people had more time, we would be able to work it out then. But we know what we've done in the Nichols process, and we can work through this again together. So I'm confident that the IRC members, the commissioners, along with our dynamic and outstanding staff, will be able to get through this particular process. None of us are exactly drawing lines ourselves. We certainly had um, our redistricting partners who were the consultants that worked along with us. But again, we have so much um, talent on our staff. I'm fine. I'm comfortable that we'll get it done and be able to submit something um, to the legislature in a timely fashion, should we be ordered to do so. We might be done. Well, we've been speaking with Ken Jenkins, who's Democratic appointee and chair to the state's bipartisan redistricting commission. Ken, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. No problem, David. Have a great day. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.